never know. You never, never, never know. I told him you never know. <laughs> I told him you never know. You never know. Is it me that, or I, I feel like I've been, I've probably had 20 meals in Nashville. It's all yeah, crap. And, it's all fire. Yeah, dude, Nashville in the last five years, I mean, it's been growing so much. And traffic is annoying, but the restaurant and bar game. Serious. And they're like, they're kind of like, they're low key. It's like kind of places, when I, when I associate, like this is a place people get shithoused at, I never want to eat there. Yeah. But in Nashville, like yeah. it gets, you, you get that vibe, like people are definitely getting shithoused here all the time, but then the food comes out and it's insane. Yes, and that's true for like, like I was saying, um, Acme, mm-hmm. Feed and Seed. Mm-hmm. Fire Bar, Fire Food, FGL House, like all the all the Broadway. But even when I go up to Losers, yep, you know, and Midtown, you're talking about Midtown, yeah, more dive, great drinks, fire menus. Like people don't know that everything on the menus fire. I didn't know. I, did we? Did you have- yeah, Losers got fire fried catfish, fried chicken, a great cheeseburger. Great chili hot dog, great rag dogs, dude. If you're just looking for a golden retriever, good, good looking dog. Yeah, good all American, obedient, faithful dog. <laughs> huh? Who has more? They got booter. They got it's like a booterita or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. And Nashville. Well, you weren't with us that night. Have you heard this story? Was this recent trip or last trip? The last trip. Not now, not not since we've been here yeah. this time. Last trip, it was COVID, Sorry, but it was still spurp all over. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it was during COVID, so it was the seated time where you like you'd go out. Yes. Where in like some places they weren't even allowed. Where in LA at that time they weren't even allowing you to be in a place. Right. Where here you'd go and be seated. Yes. And we just went around and had had fun. Yeah. But it, you know it's not the same when you're like kind of have to sit down and stay stationary. Yeah, right. These guys, I think it played against us because <laughs> all you do, all you can do when usually we're bopping around, we're mingling, like people, girls, you know, like yeah. it's less just attention to detail on the drinks because that's yeah. all we're doing. Yeah. We're sitting there talking and drinking like there's nothing else. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the spot we were point. at? We were in Midtown. I think it was like the third or fourth. You're at Winners. No, it wasn't. No, this guy doesn't even fucking. Was it Red Door? It was, it was a place like two doors down from Losers. Dogwood? Yes, and it had like there'd be like a DJ up there, and it's like a kind of bigger top floor. It's either do- yeah, it's Dogwood. Is I right think it's there, Dogwood, or there's a Rebar. It's one of the two. Probably. Yeah, dogwood. I think it's Dog. It's it's yeah because it was uh, for sure Dogwood because it's got more of a second floor. Rebar exactly. just has a porch with a DJ. Exactly. Yeah, yes. it wasn't Rebar. So you know we're out for six seven hours just in that little tiny you know, yeah. that little tiny area. Great pocket. These guys end up just you know. <laughs> I told this story, I think it was with Johnny. We, uh, you know, thought they were gonna be kidding. Like, you know when you like start, everyone's wasted and like start messing around, like wrestling a little bit? Yeah. Him and Blue. They, were, they, they full on wrestle, like <laughs> hit the floor, hit the floor, rolling around the floor. Don't like, the staff comes over, like we're gonna have to. Gonna we have gotta that. go. Not ask us to leave, but like, that, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're not serving you anymore. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's when we knew we loved Nashville. But these guys, yes. these guys, like, we're yeah, Steve Mingle. Yeah, we're obviously raging and on, on the road, but I feel like the stationary mandate, yeah. just seated, didn't do well for us here. Got our ass kicked. 
I see how that could be an issue because you, yeah, you're forced to drink. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's see the Steven, the Steven, the Stevensons were out and about and. Yeah, y'all do it. Y'all are well represented here in Nashville. Like I said, I yeah. wear the Stevenson Ranch hat. Yeah. I get called out on. You are Stevenson Ranch. I am Stevenson Ranch, dude. For uh, for those listening. Stevenson Ranch. Yeah. For those uh, listening that aren't familiar with Ernest, Ernest is a guy that I got looped with right actually before I came to Nashville. We talked on the phone. Yeah. Face through buddy Nick Audino, yeah. who yeah. who heard what I was talking about the music I was trying to make, and this was yeah. this was how long ago? Like. Maybe definitely three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time, definitely three years time, ago. Where's the time goes, dude? Crazy. But I call you and we talked on the phone, caught a vibe, and then when we get down here, we just, you know, hit it off. And, yeah, we made and, uh, 27 songs and like. Yeah, like, and dude, to be honest, like, wow, I was like a different person then musically. Like, I was just starting to do that. Yeah. Like, the, uh, you know, just kind of the sit there, the stand there in front of the mic and throw paint against the wall. Like, you know, starting the way I started and like our musical, we'll, we'll get into your whole musical yeah, yeah, yeah. background, but like, you know, like crazy how much I had really looking back at it now, I like eased myself into the artist I am now in the sense of like, even yes. how I approach music, how I look at music, right? how I feel music, how I make it, you know what I mean? And right. that was like an eye-opening trip for me. It really was. And you were a huge part of that because I was just like, well, you know, one, I just knew I had so much to get better at. Like, cause I was kind of just like a sit there and like write. I like, I could really write. Like yeah. I was a good writer in school. You know, right, I could right. write, you know, it, it's all opinionated. As yeah, far it's as a who, different muscle, not writing. It is. Um, and like, I don't know. See, cause on the other side of things, I have to force myself sometimes to go take a seat and write, like mm -hmm. just thumb through by myself. Mm -hmm. First chorus, verse chorus. Because so many, so many of the times in a room, I'm literally, I get up on a microphone, freestyle, or just spit ideas from the cross room. Somebody else writes it down. Like, I, I hardly ever write any of the songs I've written. Yeah, you're the rock star. Now. <laughs> just, really just, just don't write. Shades on, raising, <laughs> throwing, out, throwing out the hit, the hit ideas. But no, dude, I, I remember vividly like having, I was just like, oh, this is. So I had been around Post a little bit at the time. I think me and, yeah, me and Post were, had become buddies like maybe that year. Yeah. You know, and I'd seen him. Our friendship was just like mainly like drinking as many beers as we could, winning a bunch of beer pong games. Right, of course. Mobbing around. Like he doesn't really mob around much, even yeah. back even back then, just because it's too hard for him, yeah. you know? So, you know, we weren't, and we'd hang in the studio, but usually when I'm in the studio with him, he's like literally playing like rock. He's playing like classic country, rock music. Yeah. He has a wide palette of music. So right. um, I had seen him a bit, you know, I, and one of the producers I work with, Louis Bell, who's had a, an amazing career, Sure. Since we brought him out to LA, like he, he kind of, I, I want to say around that time was was making that type of, that approach to music with a freestyle and the melodies first, no words, like right. that was all kind of foreign to me. Right. And um, I just really started down that path, and then we got connected, and that's what we did, like a whole weekend. Yeah. Right. We just. Yeah, we did for like two days in a row. Uh, we locked in the studio, and I don't get to do that to that extent, especially like the hybrid we were doing. Yeah. Near as much. So it was like recess for me getting to come in there and just. It felt like it. Yeah, dude. And we spit out idea after idea. It's already in the red. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. and you take that pack back and. Exactly. Go suss through on your own. Really, time. What, 
what I need to do just now, literally haven't had this thought since, is we got we to gotta go back and listen to some of that. I, don't, I haven't really, like, I remember hearing some of them. We I've made some of them three, songs. I've heard three or four of them, maybe, and I think we made 27. Yeah, like it, was, it was crazy. Like, literally, play a beat. Me and, there was two barrel mics going at once at yeah. that second studio. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was that? Starstruck. Which was dope. Yeah. And uh, we mockerized that place. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just two guys sitting, standing in there in the room, just just going back and forth. And it was yeah. it was a, uh, I can like look back being a few years removed and just being like that was, that was like a big growing, like opportunity for me, growth opportunity in the sense of like how I approached it. And, yeah. And dude, it's made like, that's how I make music. Like I'm a preacher of that. Yeah. Of that whole thing. That's like my whole shtick now. But it was like then it was just like very testing waters. Yeah. Man, that that trip for me, like you coming there for me, was at a really cool time in my life because I was in between record deals mm -hmm. and had a bunch of songs kind of in that lane that I wanted to I wanted to put out, didn't know what to do with, and I had a bunch of country songs and I was still kind of like, mm -hmm. we had just we hadn't yeah like we hadn't gone on tour, nope. so I really was at a time where I, I felt like I had something to prove for real, yeah. but I didn't know what I wanted to stamp my name by before I proved anything. Right. And like that trip kind of pushed me into the next gear as well because it. Um, A, it relit my flame for that outlet where I could, the freestyle, like more rap with my melodies instead of just right. straight up the middle country songs. Mm -hmm. And then through that whole process and kind of, then us becoming friends going on tour and I got I showed labels that I'm gonna do this one way or another on my own and like you kind of inspired me to even go that route love that. and uh, flex those cards. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was flexing any cards. I was just taking life as it came at yeah. me. But now like you said, being removed through that whole process and getting that experience playing shows kind of morphed into where I'm at now. Like I it helped refine that edge of me so much that I take that into rooms now. Yeah. And that's the, now I'm, I'm unique for that, I feel like. Right. I don't have any, I don't, my ideas aren't some crazy scientific yeah. formula. It's just. I, I mean, you're a flow guy. You're, flow. You know, you're a flow guy. It's a, a natural thing that comes through you, which, dude, that's the, that's what everyone wants to be. Really. It is. It's, it's what, you know, it's great to be able to break it down into a, you know, a, a regimented approach of success and like, hey, these guys, you know, there's tons of guys that have these storied careers, but like, you know, and have it maybe approaching it a little more like that. Like, right. but to be the guy with, the, I call it the sauce, where it's just like, mm. it's just in there. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not even, you're, there's no thought. You right. know, like, I don't try tatted. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. You don't have to try. Yeah. You know, just be you, be yourself. And I remember talking to you and, and, and um, Maybe the f I had known you for four four hours, and I was like, I'm bringing you on tour because <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I knew that you could, I knew that you could entertain a group of people that may not know have any fucking idea who you were because I didn't know who you were. Yeah, and I was entertained. Yeah, dude, you know? that that was that was my favorite exercise of the tour, which mm -hmm. I'd exercised zero on. Yeah, but of exercise, <laughs> <laughs> the only kind of exercise we got. <laughs> exercise the fifth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the fifth and yeah. our livers. Yeah, I feel like our livers came out. Yeah, you could argue they came out worse, but they, they came, came out, out for the better. I, I was they definitely seasoned. ran a marathon. <laughs> yeah. they de their nipples, my yeah. liver's nipples were bleeding. 
And lactating. Yeah, and lactating. Dude, I have bloody liver nipples. <laughs> because because they ran so hard and for so long. They were burnt uh, they were My burned liver's down. jersey is scabbed to their nipples. <laughs> yeah, I mean you guys yeah, we'll get into the tour. You guys Yeah. But but as far as an empty like a room, not an empty room. I was thinking of the island bar because I'm gonna make that analogy. To go from a room full of people who are 100% there to see Mike, mm -hmm. and now I'm just the the guy in between that experience and them. That's a tough. That's it's a tough way, way to be. Putting it. And I love it because I love having a chip on my shoulder and something to prove. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I'm I'm a freak because I love. Like I get off on making a stranger be like. I mean, you're oh, good at I'm it, man. Fan now. You're good at it. And well, thank you. And and you are too, is because look at where you're at. But it's like the islands. My times there when I played shows on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So you would go and just I lived in the islands for a year. And so played, you just go down to like the local bar. Go down to the local bar. Bring an acoustic guitar and a. That's it. Pack just, of butter, <laughs> pack of beers. Yeah, no, I didn't even couldn't, didn't even afford a pack of beers. I would go. Yeah, at first I would go right around where they let the cruise ships off with my acoustic guitar and just freestyle tourists and get like, you know, make up a song about Joe Schmo and his. So were you going down there? So you, would you go down there and like take money from them and like, or were you just going down just to play and like? Just oh, to, just I was to going down there to get tips just because wow. I didn't have any money. I was like, I love that. I dropped out of college. My parents. I told them I was like, I'm going to the islands. I don't need help. And went down there. Delaney's, love that. I was living with Delaney's dad, so I was. I had a place to sleep but like i made i had to make it happen uh so i could like buy groceries what year was this so this was 2013 i love that yeah and so i didn't know that yeah yeah so i'd play i'd play to tourists make up songs about them they'd tip me i'd usually make enough to like at least buy lunch or my ride back but i had somebody that could pick me up plus i hitchhike because the island's just a road around mm -hmm. so I just what island st thomas yeah and yeah, dude, I've hopped in the back of trucks and rode around. Then I finally got gigs at bars that I was paid for. It'd be like 150 bucks, free, free dinner. So I'd get to eat Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, get paid. 50 of it would go to my taxi to get back. And then I'd get like, uh, from Senior Pizza, I'd get like a pizza and a calzone. That would be what I ate until. Love that. There's, that was skinny. I love that. A lot of drugs. Were you, doing, were you doing a lot of drugs then? Yeah. I mean, not a lot, but yeah. it was like I wasn't eating a ton, and I was doing, mm -hmm. I was experimenting with drugs and sitting on the beach all so day. Is your first time doing that? Um, like coming out of college? Yeah, that was my first time to like really get to know if I liked it or not. Being an adult too, like on your own. Kind yeah, of in your yeah. Own oh, the whole experience. I grew up like I did all my growing up. I still not all my growing up stuff. Holy shit! So Same. Much growing up to do. Same. But I really got done with the who the fuck am I phase of my life mm -hmm. that I was a total shithole for from like 15 to 20-ish. Like most men are. Yeah, and and still have shithole moments, but as far as I just chilled out. The islands helped me chill out a lot, and I kind of was like, all right, I'll, I can do this. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Dude, do you, it's, do you ever think about that now, just like, Obviously, you know, we'll get into your successes and what's, since I've met you, even what's happened, you know? And it's, um, it's all happened since I've met you. Yeah. 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 I'll take yeah. full credit for it as well. Yeah. But, um, just have you ever thought back, like, I'm sure you have, but, you know, I'm going to have you 
think a little more introspectively than maybe than you do normally on this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. Um, That's what I've been waiting for. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. Get the tissues. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were gonna get drunk, man. <laughs> fucking hang out. No, Catch up, man. Doctor Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that an ashtray? Yeah. What is that? There you go. Thank you. Do you also have lotion? <laughs> yeah, for an intermission. <laughs> I love to whack off in between my cries. Um, I have a half a ketamine and some lotion. <laughs> um, All right, introspect. Do you introspect. ever think about those times now and just like, there's a book called The Alchemist, which is really what this is about, my yep. point. Just like the kind of undertone of The Alchemist is like, you have to take all these steps that life's like your intuition's taking you. And if you follow that path, like you end up with the treasure. Mm-hmm. And that whole like punchline of the alchemist is like the treasure was buried under where he was sleeping when the book started. But he would have never found that out if he didn't follow every step to get back to the treasure. And most people would look at him and be like, fuck, it was underneath me the whole time. Yeah. I just wasted the last five years of my life. I fucking was homeless in Egypt and all this shit, this crazy story, this guy. But he would have never even known, had any awareness of the treasure ever yeah. if he didn't go all the way around the world following yeah. his intuition. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of reading that book, so thanks for ruining it for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Literally two-thirds of the way through the book. And, this, is, uh, that's your, this is your penalty for, not, <laughs> for me living in the house with you and telling you to read it five years ago, and you're just reading hilarious. it now. All right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm making my way through the Steve Book Club right now. Yeah. You know, so. It's a good one, man. It's a good club. Yeah, I need to read it. Yeah. Morgan was telling me about it. He had it out on his I'm kitchen table. I'm pretty sure table. I put Morgan on it. Yeah, yeah. He I'm, had, a, I'm in a Morgan's text list. He had it out on his kitchen table a little while Love ago. Love that. Yeah, Morgan, you fucking, you know. Yeah, it's that's good. good. That's yeah, really I need good. I need to read that. But no, that's crazy. I mean, I'm thankful for every experience. And it took me, you know, until finally I could start seeing the light at the end of a tunnel that felt never-ending mm -hmm. to be like, well, shit, I mean, if I, if I didn't at least pursue rap for a while, I wouldn't have honed in on that craft like I had. Mm -hmm. um, and then if I hadn't, if that hadn't fallen through, I wouldn't have been forced to pivot into I didn't know what, but I pivoted. Mm -hmm. Pivoting itself is a whole thing, you Absolutely. know? Like Another no, intuitive thing, though. Like, hey, what are my options? Like, yeah. where am I being drawn? Where, where are the opportunities? What are my God-given skills and talents? Yeah. The, know, why are they there, you know? Pulling the thread is... A, mm -hmm. Every, every gut instinct for me mm -hmm. pretty much the whole time, and I think we've talked about that for you too, is like, uh, if a thread just starts unraveling, like why, why would I go against the stream? Right. Even like, you know, it's a slippery slope probably, but like trusting people you do business with, mm -hmm. gut really matters too, because it's like, you know you can get fucked. Totally. And you know you can get fucked by people that, call you family at one point yep but i think that when things are going smoothly it there's no need to you know there's no need to go against against any grain. just trust trust the people you're in business with mm -hmm. and like my gut has been every bit of that exactly and i'm thankful and it's i think the intuition thing is a god thing not me because totally can't. I've said the, there's, there's a quote that I've, I've said on this podcast a few times. It's like, prayer is us talking to God. Intuition is God talking to us. Wow. Yeah, that's, I believe that completely. So do I, 100%. And I'm not like, 
You know, I've become religious only through like, I, I wouldn't say it's religious because I don't think it's necessarily spiritually affiliated awake, to spiritual a, awakening. Yeah, affili yeah, affiliated to one religion, just the idea of a higher power and shit. Like, yeah, for you sure. You know, totally have engulfed myself in that when previously it wasn't even one part of my life. Right. But that just struck a huge chord when I heard it because that's exactly how it feels. Like, think about it. It's not, it's separate of our mind, you know? It's like separate of all of our thoughts. It's just this like in your heart and you're, you know, right deep down in your core of like, oh, this just feels right, you know? Or yes. this feels, I'm drawn to this, you know, why? Yes. Where does that come from, you know? Um, but but back to the, the idea of you going down and playing for tips, like, you know, to kind of at least be where you are now and, you know, what's happened since then. You know, my gut, and I'll tell you if, if you haven't thought of it yet, like, that's just an amazing thing to look back at. Really, it is. Because I think there's really interesting, there's an interesting point about low points in your mm -hmm. life. And it's just like, they're actually like, you know, the, the best seeds for opportunity, like in, in, the, in the growth category, right? Like, you became so, f the fear of getting in front of people, you know, like that chip on your shoulder, you said that drives you now. And like, what, and I said, hey, you're good at this. Why are you good at it? Because you went and did it. You went and did it in, like, not a life and death situation, but, like, you were playing for food. Put it all on the line for You're it. You're playing for food. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes one of these things that now, like, something that would maybe make a normal person nervous. Like, you did this shit. Yeah. And you did it, you know, you did it at a point where it was for nothing. It was because it was just in you. It was, it was all you had, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, looking back at that, it's like getting in shape at the gym, bro. Like, first you're a fat ass and you got to lift a bunch of, and you look at yourself and you're like, this sucks, I'm never gonna, you know? Yeah. But, and, and there were probably times, you know, I'll ask you about how you felt then. Certain points were probably a lot harder than others. But now looking at that, it's just like, dude, you were fucking working out. Yeah. You're getting reps, bro, you're getting exercise. So yeah. now you're, people you come in the room, everyone's like, oh, dude, Ernest, man, he's, cause they weren't out there playing for tips. Right. You know what I mean? They weren't, right. like they weren't thrown into the fire. They weren't throwing themselves in the fire. Which yeah. you did, you know, you made that choice. Yeah, and I think, you know, being 20 years old, 21 years old, you definitely don't realize that's what you're doing at the time. Totally. Like I said, I was just doing whatever the, op yeah, like, yeah. Lenny's dad was like, hey, you want to go to the islands? I'm thinking about buying a house down there. I was like, well, I'm literally doing nothing else here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I took my guitar. So at that point, you had dropped, you dropped out of college or finished college? Dropped out dropped after out. freshman year, college ball, Freed Hardman. And was a baseball player. Yeah, was a ball player. A little, yeah. had a little cannon on him. I've seen the left. I've seen the lefty hack too. The softball yeah, hack. I kind of love it. Got a little swing. I definitely. I definitely. My baseball swing ruined my golf game from the left side. Mm -hmm. So as <clears throat> fit athlete, I went ahead and swapped it over to the right. I was gonna side. say you are an athlete though. That's not easy. That's like yeah. I, I can't golf now. Ready? Yeah. No, you can. You are so <laughs> natural. Except for I mean, dude, we went to Top Golf the other day. We did. His first <laughs> shot. I mean, hit it. <laughs> Hit it. I don't know how it went. How did I hit that so gingerly, though? So ginger, but hit the top rafter, bounced right back into the bay next to us. Dude, if you had gotten a hold of it, like would have killed It was somebody. a hybrid wood. Yeah, right? you, you, teed up, you teed up for a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a female hybrid, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Is you grabbed the female hybrid. I looked up, I was like, what were you hitting with? That's a hybrid. And I saw him tee it up. Sheesh. 
Yeah. Well, Honestly, my, Mike, you, your physique in golf is just like so counterintuitive and hilarious to watch. Yeah, it's not necessarily. It's like watching yeah. Johnny Bravo up there teeing up. <laughs> oh, oh, pretty mama. It's not, a, it's not a, I don't know what it is about golf. I mean, look, you know, I hit some balls straight. Golf rocks, dude. It's about, it's about fucking deleting bruise. Yeah. Driving drunk on a golf cart. Doing and, some chug and buds. And curing something, dude. Yeah. And ripping chug buds. Mm-hmm. Um, Telling your girl you'll be home in an hour. My wife thinks I'm in bed. My wife thinks I'm in bed. I'm on the golf course. Stephen Mingle. I'm on the golf course. It's yeah. 5 a.m. Mm. I mean, look. Teeing off at 6. I'm going to Max. Oh, Max is coming into town, actually, this weekend, too, which is fire. Tomorrow. Um, I've, I've gotten close with Max Homa just through. Um, got connected in uh, Scottsdale through Caleb, the barstool guy. Do you yeah. know Caleb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you guys would hit it. Yeah. Up. He just recently followed me. Holler. <laughs> yeah. He's a great, yeah. great, great, like... He's fucking hilarious, Awesome dude. guy, great at what he does. Yeah, yeah. I totally see the merit. He got the Mayweather interview yeah. day of. Yeah, he's a beast. That's fire. He's a beast. <laughs> That's he's fire. A beast. Um, but yeah, man, he he brought Max through, and then I've had him on the pod, and we just hit it off. Yeah. And closely. So he's, get, he's like, I've like watched golf a few times since, because he was playing. Yeah. And I was like, this is nice. Relaxing, you know? Like, I, I don't do it much. It is. But it's nice. So I can... I can Definitely envision it being like a good time, and I could, th- I think I could be pretty good, you know, if I played a bit. No doubt. It's just more about a time thing. Like, I'm so far behind y'all, like just in reps. That like, dude, like I'm not like golf I know. Golf is like God. It meets you where you're at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just will. Turn, hey, just turn around. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's God. Hey. Yeah. But we'll, uh, I mean, look, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to definitely dip my toes a bit more. Do it. You know, even top golf. That was the first time in a while. I got a horseshit back. So I was like, literally like, I'll go over. My back wasn't bad though. After I rebounded, it wasn't terrible. Golf is a funny sport because like everybody's in shape enough to play golf. Right. Like <laughs> I love it. And I also love it because like, I still feel athletic. I'm, I'm working on getting myself back in shape. Been working out every day, but like golf. Feel like an athlete every time. Yeah, and uh, and also it's a, it's a funny sport because it's a gentleman's sport or it's a complete degenerate sport. Yeah, like there's somewhere in the middle of those two things. Somewhere in the Perfect. middle is a good place to be. Yeah, it feels like it's it's just like we're entering a phase where the twenty to thirty five year old male casual player, is, you know, the casual version of golf that's a little less of the gentleman's game and the etiquette and like the old yes. man. Yeah. The old white man sport kind Golf of. Golf is turning into bowling. Yeah. Yeah. Going down that path of yeah. just like, yeah, this is more casual and like you go get wasted. And yes. It's, it's a good Saturday, yes. you know. People go hit golf balls instead of going to bowl now. Right. I love that. Yeah. I wish there was like, I wish batting cages were more like popular, you know? like Yeah, because we could go shine over there. That was. Can we I go took, to a batting cage while you're in town? Totally. Totally. Can Hell we also yeah. get a long toss in? We should. Like, dude, I've, I've never, I have no one to play catch with. These guys won't you play catch with. You do have someone to play catch yeah. with. You can't play, you can't play high speed catch. Catch his foot in your ass. You think so? Red Fox. <laughs> An 80 mile an hour crow hop. What kind of pitch was that? It's my crow hop. It's a crow hop. <laughs> I love that. He's a mean left hander. Got a low arm. <laughs> Got a low arm crow hop. It was 80 off the crow hop. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember vividly when I was like 10. Uh, 10's a little young. 14, 15 going on my first. Still a little young. 
14, 15 going on my first dates, bringing, oh. bringing the girls to the fucking batting cage. I said 10. Is 10 too early for dates? <laughs> hey, <Cut>. Dad, <laughs> can you drive us yeah, to the Yeah, no, my mom would drop me off for dates. I date. love that, dude. We're, yeah. Ours was the mall and the theater. Yeah, yeah. Damn, batting mall, cage is a good date. The mall was wheelhouse, too. Show off at the batting cage, though, for the ting. You know? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm just going to go into the 90 mile per hour cage. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> just some light. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember I remember that. I miss those days. I feel like batting cages are almost completely extinct. Yes. I wish they would have, I wish people would go do that as much as they go do Top Golf, right? Like, yeah. If you could have a get drunk and have a bite to eat Didn't and then talk, hit I balls. I talked about, I want to say I talked about an idea. I, I know I've talked about it with somebody, but it was. What about that idea of like the top, I don't know if it works logistically, not a logistics company, but the top golf idea, the concept, but it, as a batting cage. So like. Oh yeah, the balls are just fun. It's like, like you a, could actually see if the ball went over the fence type thing. Yeah. But I don't know, like, I don't know how many you could do. Maybe it would just be tees, right? Instead of yeah. the batting cage, it would be tees. Is it two, or soft toss? Yeah. I think about a machine. Yeah, like, that'd be kind of cool. And then you can see if you, like, I don't know. Could work. Hey, mister, cool. you got to wear a helmet. Yeah, dude, that's the, I, I would have a tough time wearing a helmet to Batten Cage. No. Saw somebody post a Instagram the other day in a Batten Cage with a helmet on over a hat. And I was like, hey, Can't take one of them off. Take one of them off. <laughs> take one of them off. First of all, swings, total slaw, coleslaw. Out of date coleslaw. Yeah. Your swing's so bad. <laughs> At least take one of the hat or the helmet off. It's funny, it's funny how across the sports, even from what you're saying, like golf to base, like baseball, golf, same skill set, hand eye coordination. Yeah. Engage, you know, core, same, using the same muscle groups, more yeah. or less, but you could be complete garbage at one. Oh. It's a weird thing. So much, so much finesse. And yeah. Like, the difference between the golf swing and a baseball yeah. swing because like wrist and hands shit i don't know that's why i don't play great right but i'm just obsessed with the game mm. you guys my guy foley over here you got him into it pretty quickly over here it's a nice little it's a nice little uh little pocket of golf like culture here that's happening in nashville it feels like yeah i mean basically the whole music industry if you Plays. play golf you played golf all through quarantine mm -hmm. so like yeah, like made new friends over the over quarantine. Kid Rock, John Daly being a few of those. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At the golf course, right? That's yeah, man. yeah. Kid Rock, John Daly, and you were with me. Foley was with you. And um, yeah, like besides like cool friends, it's just like business has happened from it. Me and Chase Rice went to go play at uh, Troubadour a couple weeks ago, and like we both. Sorry to whoever didn't get to write with me that day, or I didn't get to write with you, but I definitely canceled to go play golf. Yeah, um, it happens. But me and Chase ended up writing, like, two courses while we played golf, just driving around the golf cart. We were talking about, like, damn, dude, can you imagine we were almost going to spend a day in a fucking square room box, and we got to just be out here in a golf course and... You really could do that, though, if you, like, even, like... Take a beat pack with a Beats pill and hop in a motherfucking exactly. golf cart and go right... Just voice Eight, memo. Got there baby. for four hours vibing, bro. You come It's up, actually a great idea. Yeah, that's like we that, gotta go do that. Yes, that's what me and Chase were talking about. That would be such like a, because a lot of the Nashville songwriting days, like I love writing with an acoustic guitar as much as I love writing with a track guy. Some people prefer one or the other, but like, if a track guy 
like like say Charlie for instance, even though he'd come, he'd he could still come out and play golf, but like we had a pack, and a Beats pill, and a fucking Charlie Hanson home. pack could do a lot for you. you know? Yeah, you'd have dude. a full day with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fire, bro. We got to do that. Yeah, love that. How's Chase's vibe? I've, I I know he. I've texted with him a bunch. I've never been a, met a, like I've never been around him in person. But Chase, I is, Chase is cool as shit. Dude. Dude. Yeah, he's, love that. He's uh, he's hit us a few times to write. He wants us all to write together. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a super nice guy. Yeah, I've heard. Chill. He's fucking. He's got bison. He's got like bison on his farm. He's got cool shit. Mm. Where does he live? How far out? Um, probably like thirty minutes out. Mm. Out in Franklin. So that's probably where we would, you know, um. You're gonna have a ranch. It's gotta be right. a little bit of land. Right. For those listening, I'm I'm in a, you know, everyone everyone's pretty aware, I think. But we've been on a traveling ranch idea for a while. Where I don't know exactly how long this will go, but I'm loving it. Just like traveling around. Bunch of gypsies. Yeah, dude. we're gypsies right now. Yeah, you're 100 percent gypsies. Straight up. And uh, rich just, gypsies. <laughs> rich, <laughs> rich gypsies is a dope. Hey, band I'm Ron the Rich Gypsy. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I love that. I'm Ron the Don, the Rich Gypsy. <laughs> rich Gypsy. Fuck it while it's hot. I'm only here for a week. Yeah, that's a dope tour name. The Rich the Rich Gypsies. Broke Gypsies is a funny. Is like it sounds like a. It sounds like they just won Battle of the Bands for like a. But all Gypsies are broke. But it's like San Francisco. We're the Broke Gypsies. Thanks for coming out tonight. <laughs> Smell like dog cock. Honestly, it'd be. I kind of. <laughs> I can't say how long, like, how long they'll let it go on for. I feel like I'm, like, not really close to the end right now, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's stressing Foley out because he's, like, in Nashville. He's like, when are you guys coming? No. Not 1%. God, I wake up to a different house listing every day from this guy. I'm like, dude, I'm not even looking right now. You do. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you like Nashville, don't you, Foley? Oh, he loves it. Yeah. He loves it. He loves yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I, I, I honestly, I mean, look. <clears throat> Here's what I'll say. Nashville is still number one on my short list of places I'm going to live. Yeah. I would live next, right? Yeah. But you make a good point about the beach. Yeah, I lived on the water yeah. last, last few months, and God dang. Yeah, I Just get like, it. Hey, I get it. Yeah, you're an island boy. I get you know, it. You've been, you've and been the Cumberland River is not the same. Not the same. Not the not same. The By same. the way, this place is sick, dude. We're, if, if you listen, dude, we're right on Broadway. Like, FGO House is our neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The Batman building is right behind me, staring yep. down at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just took, uh, I took <laughs> Ern into the, into the, it's the bedroom slash something really romantic about making making songs in your own bedroom. But yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah. in the I, that's really dude. Like even from this being on this kind of gypsy trip we've been on, like I'll never not make music in my bedroom ever again. Yeah, like, yeah. I used at that my old house in L.A. You, you've been there, like how I love you know I love having a separate room. That's a studio, so you kind of feel separate and yeah. you can have guests there, and it's not like they're in your room yeah, every, yeah. every time type shit. But like, I'll never not have a setup in my room now. Yeah. Because I'm just like, dude, I'm so comfortable, and it's such an intimate place. Like, yeah. The creativity is like another level of like, just like, we talk about flowing through. I'm just like, 
no one's here, no one cares. I'm in my bedroom. It's just like there's something about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love that. When we went down, did a Sam Hunt camp, we set up in a master bedroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first night, I went down there. Uh, Charlie's with us. Mm -hmm. and uh, Shout out Charlie Hanson. Shout out Charlie, Charlie Hanson. And... Hey, I'm stoned. What was I saying? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. talking about making music oh, in the yeah, bedroom. Oh, yeah, in the master bedroom. Dude, I just, I just glitched. Dude, dude that, happened, that happened so much on this podcast. I so. just glitched so hard. No, but no, what I was saying, what, what, what had happened was, is um, it's like four in the morning. We're, we're making music, dog, and freestyling, and uh, there's a dope master bathroom connected obviously and i go in there and run a bath and like everybody's still like vibing yeah, i sneak off there. i get ass naked and just get in the bath and leave the door open and i'm just vibing shouting ideas yeah dude love that love love a bedroom setup yeah it's cool yeah it's cool but it's it's been it's uh this is probably it's been like my favorite time of making music since we left la and like kind of it's kind of like anything else once you detach from what you're used to like, at first, I was like, oh, like, I kind of missed that old room a little bit. Like, for the first maybe, maybe month, I was just like, ah. Uh. And then, like, I really just stopped judging the situation. And I was just like, and being, you know, that's what we've been doing. It's just, like, making sure there's night. I'm working in front of a nice view, a new view, new things. You right, know, like, right. looking at something new, just, you know, when we talk about, intuition and where does it come from i kind of feel the same about creativity I, I i wonder get your thoughts on it as well but like it's interesting how we take credit for ideas you know and or just like, yeah like ideas is a good way of putting it whether it's music or business or something else right just like that flow state we talk about and like where do they come from and like yeah. personally like i feel the same with how we talked about intuition and what I try to do is just live my life in the best way possible so that I'm free for that communication for whoever that is. Like if it's God or it's just nature, like what I'm getting at is like these views and like even that view here, it's one of my favorite vibes so far. Just like, yeah. just you're looking at something new and it's like this new intelligence kind of like you're acquiring by just looking at it and being in its presence type shit. Yeah, 100%. Dude, inspiration, outside inspiration mm -hmm. and then being able to turn that into creativity is not a practice skill. Yeah. That's what that it is like. It's a challenge. Yeah, and, and the thought, I think Delaney told me this, and it's probably like, I don't know, it might be a book or a movie or something, but like how an idea presents itself to you mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to either bring that to fruition or somebody else will, mm -hmm. you know, like. So that, that's always been like a little fire under my ass mm -hmm. when it comes to creating. Like, if I have a cool idea, we'll, we'll specify. If I have a cool song idea come to me, like, I got to write it. You got to get up and do it. I got to write it. Now, I'm an ADD, hyper-creative thinker, so I have a lot yeah. of ideas that will never fucking you happen do. or I'll never be able to do. Mm -hmm. But songs, that's something I can control. Right. I've, I can write a song. Right. To not is just be lazy. Right. Now, I'm not, not to say I'm always going to be inspired. I don't have to always be writing. Right. But if I'm inspired, it's lazy, simply lazy, if I right. get inspired and don't go do it. Yeah. There was uh, something I saw recently that about inspiration. 
and the level of inspiration and being inspired, what, how important it is to not fumble the ball when you're inspired. Yeah. It's just like, there's, there's a difference between being motivated and being inspired. Yes. And like, we want to be inspired. Yes. You know, like that, that feeling, that feeling that it's, it's not, you're motivated because you got to lose weight for that trip coming up. Or, yeah. you know, that's like a short term. It's like being rich versus wealth. Like, yeah. inspired is wealth. Like, you're, yes. the energy of that is so powerful versus just being motivated, which feels almost, not flash in the pan, but short term. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and music especially, like, when you have these feelings of inspiration, like, some, you know, sometimes I try to hold on to keeping a normal schedule because I, I really value, like, being balanced. And as much as we're fucking wild boys and go out, you'll see some, one night you see us, you'll be like, yo, those dudes are wild. Next four days, like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on top of shit. Or yeah. usually after the wild night, it takes me about a day to yeah. ease in. And then I have three, four, five days where I string together. Right. And it feels like the balance is met. You know yeah. what I mean? But that inspiration, when, I, when it hits me, I feel like that's probably been one of, my, one of my biggest breakthroughs is like, one, freeing up my space and my brain. And like you talk about being a hyper, you know, hyperactive mind, mm -hmm. creative. Um, you know, the meditation and the things that I do, even if it's just going like today, I didn't feel like I just went and like did 30 minutes on a fucking ran right before you came, you know? Yeah. And like these things that I feel like I've at least been able to like after the years of working in the space, like, hey, like, here's, here are the things that, like, I feel like free up as much space as possible for me in my brain and in my heart of being inspired, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to kind of talk about your creative process a bit because it's, you're doing something in Nashville. Like, I've spoke to some other people, but I don't even need to speak to other people. It's just, like, you're probably the only guy in Nashville that does what you do, you know? Like, in the room, from what I've heard, even Charlie would say, like, just, like, being the guy who goes and, you know, more or less like a Nashville right, where this is kind of where the group right exists, maybe more than more than any other place. Yeah, right. Know? Yeah, for sure. And there's a certain approach. Not to say everyone in Nashville writes it the same, but you're you're bringing uh, you're bringing like an inspired approach to it. I think from from the outside looking in. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm getting at. And like, what do you feel like is inspiring you? You know, obviously you are who you are, right? So yeah. We hit it off right away on a, you know, a lot of different, there's a lot of different reasons, but one of the main reasons was, like, we were seeing music eye to eye, where, like, we had this, like, yo, like, what about, like, if there was a hip-hop urban approach and sauce to the vocal and the pockets and the cadences, but if it was, like, the type of music that you want to hear on the beach playing, yeah. playing beer pong or... Yeah like the country music ambiance, the Nashville feeling and like- Yeah, with, with, song, with songwriting and structure. And merging, yeah. yeah, and like merging the worlds, like the structure of country, the ambiance of country music and then the freestyle, who gives a fuck vibe of hip hop. Yes. And, and urban, you know, approach to, to a, a vocal, you know? Yeah. And, and merging those two worlds, like, I remember when I said it, you were like, yeah, dude, like, exactly. <laughs> yes. And like anyone else I had said it to, just like, like, yeah, cool. Like they didn't, and it was hard because I wasn't even making it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about it. Yeah. I was like, yo, this is what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, and, people, people can easily perceive that the wrong way mm -hmm. when they're not hearing it because mm -hmm. they think country music and rap, and they think what they've heard in the past where country music had 808s and, Fire. I mean, Cruz, massive song, broke 
through broke all the records, had 808s, trap beats, country music, but like that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about yeah, the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, reality reality can easily happily fall a little short of a dream. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm that's why you dream big. Right. Reach for the stars, you yeah. know? But like where everything's kind of landing right now for you and I is we we did not miss the dartboard. Yeah. And uh, not many people, like, that's why, you know, I wanted to touch on this a bunch and, you know, it might not make a ton of sense to some people that just, you know, not listen. Like, one, you're not hearing, like, the stuff I'm playing for you right now. Like, right. they're hearing some of the new stuff I've done, but also just, like, they weren't there when we had these initial conversations. It, right. was, it wasn't... It was just kind of an idea, yep. you know? It was an idea. And and it was a feeling. It was yeah. a feeling, but I just remember that ding, ding, ding going off, like, oh, this is the guy, like, he gets it. He's trying to, you know, you're trying to do, not that you're trying to do the same thing, but, like, you're exactly, you, like, there was an alignment there that was just, like... Yeah, our understanding for what we were trying to do in a right. similar place, our, the execution of it are two, two totally different Absolutely. versions of that. But Absolutely. Like, yeah, thought process-wise, and also... Like, who can blame us for all of the influences we had growing right. up musically? Like, that goes not just you and me. I think our generation, every generation after us. Totally. Because it's only going to be more of a melting pot. Anytime I get on iTunes, I'll go from listening to... Really? Bluegrass to fucking Moneybag. 100%. To Ricky Skaggs, you know? Yeah. Like, and... It's always been that way for me. Now the access is just even easier. Back right. then it was a burnt CD. I was just going to say, like, you were, you were a lot more subject to listen to, like, what the people in your town were listening to, your peers, your parents, right? Yeah. That, that yeah. was what you were subjected to. That's, you didn't know it, but, yeah. you know, ages 1 through 10, the most formative years for your brain, right? Yeah. Like, that's a fact. Or I think it's 1 through 7. But, like, the things that you're just subjected to, your environmental programming, was what crafted your taste or at least your initial tastes you know right. like things that because you were privy to those and you weren't privy to everything else but you said a word access yeah which it's only going higher and higher and higher and there's totally. only more and more and more coming so more music more access more everything yeah. so and that's just as bad as it is good yeah, yeah right and you could you could you know that's not even what we're talking about though right. more so just the fact that there will be more access right and more and more music and the idea of genres yeah. and boundaries within those genres is a fading concept. Right, yeah, because playlist just goes by vibes. Yeah, like, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm most likely going to put in barbecue backyard playlist. Yeah. And it's going to have a version of every everything I like on it. Right. You know? And I think the average consumer, it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you work in music, right? You kind of, especially living in L.A., and that's why I was like, I knew deep down I, I was supposed to leave. Because, mm -hmm. like, I'm not even making music for those people. I'm not making music for, like, the tastemakers or, like... Right. You know, if they like it, they like it. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, like, it's for the people. It's for, yeah. like, regular people. Yes. People in the world that, like, aren't in the industry or care about charts or, like, none of that even matters. Like, who... You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's just, like, how does the song make you feel? If it does make you feel good, I'm going to put it on my summer playlist. Yes. You know? It's so hard to think that way, bro. Especially, I know. Especially, like, my office is literally, like, my room is in the label, but, like, I'm 
always around the analytic people. It's, it's and it's like I I am thankful for the insight because it's in a way it's good to know what's doing what and what they're looking for. Like it's good to know exactly what the label wants from a writer's perspective. Right. But from the other side of it, where it's just like. I don't give a fuck about that. I understand that we need radio and all that. I get that. And I'm thankful for radio. Right. But whenever the table starts to turn to where it's like the artist really can just put stuff out yeah. we love. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because we love it. Isn't that it isn't good. that what makes you the artist? Yeah. Yeah. And I get there's when it's when money's involved, yeah. there's reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you're you're in an interesting position because, like, you know, I've never I've never even been on that side of it. Like, just being a guy who, obviously, like you said, there's great perks to, you know, being affiliated to a great company. Big Loud's one of the great, you know, great. Yeah, it wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that, and you've said that before, yeah. and and you know, they seem to let you be you as much as yeah, they humanly do. possible. You know. Yeah. For somebody who's not very, you know. You are Nashville. Yeah, but they've helped not. me. They've helped me grow up and allowed me to go yeah. through phases. Right. Just yeah, they've allowed me to do every bit of my growing. Right. And being on the writer side of things, where you're, you know, a lot of times, like that's where a lot of your. Where would you say, like, do you feel like you have the same amount of passion for writing hit songs for other people, like, because you've had? I mean, I want to get into some of your successes, like, just the last what forty-eight months, last two years or so. Really, the last 12 months. Last 12 been months. Crazy. 2020. Tables have turned and it's become, <clears throat> yeah. you've had what, a few number ones this year? Yeah. Number ones. Three, in country three music. number ones on country radio. Three and, number ones? And Sam Hunt's is at number two right now. Wow. Knock on wood. We'll what song with, is it? Uh, Breaking Up Was Easy in the 90s. Jam. Um, so, but yeah, like, I got, I'm getting a triple play award, which three three number ones in a 12 month period. Wow. Which is a big honor. Huge honor, bro. Small group of dudes get that. Yeah. Along with Hardy. Yeah, I mean, you're going yeah. real shit. You're you're very, very quickly, I think you're aware of this, but just becoming the new it guy, you know, in the in the writer in the writing space. And then also what you're building with not only the podcast vibe, but just like your own music starting yeah. to have its own legs. Yes. And this one I when I met you, none of this really existed yet. Like Yeah, none of it existed. I just saw I your was writing songs. I but, saw your talent, yeah. just for the raw talent. Yeah. But you didn't have anything, any of these, you know, you know, amazing assets that you have now. Yeah, right. At and all. uh I wanted to get into a little bit of like how how you're feeling. Like, you know, I don't even I've listened to I've heard a bunch of your podcasts and Obviously, you're really good at that too, just conversation. Um, but, you know, you're doing, it's interesting when you have a love like music that's, you know, I think sports and music where you're too. Yeah, that's it. And, and me, you could say that's very much the case, but mine were like separate. Mm -hmm. my, my first love was base, like baseball, sports. We broke up and then I met another girl and fell in love with her even more. Yeah. Where like you were kind of always. Yeah, We're music and baseball music. is always hand in hand. Like, talk about, you know, being driven from a, from a young age. Picked up a banjo, got a banjo for Christmas in the third grade after going to Ryman Auditorium mm -hmm. uh, and seeing the Grand Ole Opry. I was like, I want to do this one day. Mm -hmm. Mom, amazing, got me a banjo for Christmas. Also got the Space Jam soundtrack for Christmas that year. And that was that. My love for rap was was birthed. 
That was in third grade. Fourth grade, I was burnt CDs of Eminem. Fifth grade, Eminem, John Mayer. Mom probably didn't love the Eminem. She, uh, she heard ass like that coming out of my Walkman in the back of the van on the way back from my dad's baseball game, high school baseball Regina, game. Regina, right? Regina. She said, love Regina. what is that? And she took it out and put it in the car player. And as soon as it started coming out, she ejected that motherfucker, snapped it, and threw it out the window. She's like, I cannot believe you're listening to that. And yeah. I was like, I want to do that when I grow up. Yeah. And, and like, so yeah, I've always had baseball and, and music, but you're saying how I'm feeling now. And it's wild because, you know, when your head's down and you're just going, it's easy to just 10 years like that. Mm-hmm. That for everybody, time flies. But I've recently just really tried to slow down and like at least acknowledge to myself minor victories. These aren't minor victories though. Well, yeah, but even minor victories, like yeah, yeah, like, totally, like moments, like like things that are actually uh, stepping stones in life, yeah, that you don't realize if you're just sprinting across to get to the other side. Where like now, Absolutely. now like like just cuts or like the fact that so and so put a song on hold. Like if I told eighth grade me that like even my name is in some people's mouth, like. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just want to tell that kid everything's gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going, baby. And show, yeah, keep going. And show up. Mm-hmm. Like show up to show up to the right. Show up to whatever because we have such a fucking weird job because we walk into a room with nothing, and we come out with something that could potentially be millions of dollars. It is. Or. Really- 99% of the time, we go into a room with nothing and walk out with something we spend a lot of time on, and then nothing happens with it. Right. And you have to get up and fucking do it again. Mm-hmm. The ratio of songs we write to songs that. Yeah, get people cut. talk about baseball being a failure heavy sport. Yeah. Songwriting is failure heavy. Oh my God. I mean, that game of, you know, like, there's guys who write, bro, you have three number ones in a year. This guy writes for fucking 30 years and you never get one. Yeah. I'd- you know that blows it blows on mine yeah and, and but i'm here to draw attention to that because i because i i do this with the athletes and i try to do it with everyone because i noticed that i did it to myself and we talk about you know you talk about this self-talk idea and like what that voice in your head's always telling you and talking to you about and it leans weirdly negative like for somebody you love like you love yourself and that's that's a big part of being happy yeah. is like loving and accepting yourself right so if you love yourself, but then if you really like check in with like that voice in your head and like the tone that's talking to you and like how you're speaking to yourself when you make a mistake, like how bad are you punishing yourself? Right. How long does that last? Right. You know? And it's one of those things where like I realized that I was unnecessarily hard on myself. And I think that's a human trait, right? Like sure. everyone says like there's a saying like you're your own hardest critic you know yeah. which also when you're conscious of the ego yeah it's probably easy to over yeah you know, totally overcorrect totally or what you think is overcorrect and then you end up self-hating so right it's like the right. balance between ego and confidence like a healthy amount of confidence right right there's yeah. there's it's all about balance the yin and yang of it but yeah, right but understanding that like you know if i was if i was talking to like my niece who i love and i want the best for like I would, like, if she fucked up, I would never, like, punish her days later and be like, yeah, you remember when you did that? Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's something I wanted to correct, and I, a lot of these books I was reading, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I thought about uplifting my friends. And, like, 
instead of just being like, yeah, Ernest, she's a beast. Like, you fucking tell him. You know what I mean? Like you, or Foley, like when you're doing great, like it's just as much as I'll say, yo, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, why isn't this done? Yeah. And he'll give me a reason, I'll hear it, whatever. But I also try to go out of my way, like, yo, you know, and we never would. We're a bunch of guys who like, it's just like a guy's thing. You don't, you're not necessarily like in a- Big up in is not just yeah, something and we like, always do. And again, yeah. that comes with balance too. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just about calling it what it is. Yeah. And I try to have the athletes on or people, anyone I have on who's doing really well and just challenge them because there's this weird dichotomy of like, you, everyone's nice people, especially if I'm talking to them, like I don't have assholes on here. Yeah. So like no one's trying to come off and be cocky or be, yeah. and you, you, over, you know, you want to be politically correct and not, not, you can just be humble, which that's yeah. what it's all about, which yeah. is fire. But it's also nice to have a friend just be like, dude, like, are yeah. you seeing what you're doing? You know, and, yeah. and just from when I've met you to now, I mean, it's been fucking awesome to watch. It's been crazy. It's yeah, been I mean, nice. lots happened. A whole I pandemic. That's what I like. Almost, I was saying the other day, it's like almost survivor's guilt because 2020 was so brutal mm -hmm. for everybody. Right. Every industry. Mm -hmm. um, but that was that was the year you had a fucking. But I had a great ones. year. <laughs> had a great year. The, the crazy, like there was zero number one parties. You know, so like, and like that was something I'd always look forward to. Mm. Like when I first signed, I'd go to number other people's number one parties. Like, man, can't wait to have my first number one party. It's interesting. Then I had three number ones, and none of them get a get a party. There's, there's a lesson in that, though. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, and like and that's the ego. It doesn't that wants, fucking matter. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah it at all. Matter. The I real, got that. Like the real wins. Yeah, the real shit that mattered happened. Talk about shit that mattered. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic in that same year. You have your firstborn child who's just, you know, like obviously Man, the best, the best thing ever. Yeah, like, the biggest win of of all, obviously. But it makes everything. All the cliches are so dead on about that. Right. By the way, like if you have a kid, you know, and if you don't, you only hear about it and you get it. Yeah, it's then, like a, then you hold it and you get it. It's like the Grand Canyon. It's like yo, it's fucking. You gotta see it. You, <laughs> you go gotta to the Grand see this. And you go to the Grand Canyon. It's like yeah, so vast. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I'm not talking about this is awesome. I'm not talking about a vagina. I'm talking about holding your kid for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And and compared to number one, and this is just I'd, recent. This is just what last week or two weeks. Ten days ago. Ten days ago. How Can I pee it? really quick? Yeah, of course. A little mid, little mid pee. Mid baby talk pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with you. Never know, you know what I mean. Right after this urination break. John Kilmer here with Liquid IV, the number one supplement in hydration. You hear about us talking about Liquid IV all the time, uh, speaking as people who are both very active and likes to get our asses pounded on the weekends. We take hydration very seriously, which is why we use Liquid IV. You take one of these flavor packets here into a bottle of water, and it's the equivalent hydration of two to three bottles of water. But that's not all. Introducing Liquid IV Plus Immunity Support, so you get that hydration plus things like vitamin C, B vitamins, zinc, you name it. Let's get through ass pounding season together and stay healthy. Let's stay fit. Let's stay super horny. If you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code YNK at checkout, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. That's liquidiv.com, promo code YNK, get 25% off your entire order. Tell them, Steve. John Kilmer here with ShipStation. Hey, if you're an online store, whether you're selling lamps, paper towels, little trinkets, footlong dildos, it doesn't matter. I'm sure you know the biggest hurdle is shipping those items out. Well, ShipStation makes it incredibly easy. 
And speaking as the consumer of ShipStation, we use it for all of our online stores. It makes our life so much easier. It, it automates all of the orders in such an efficient way. And at a snap of a finger, you can get those shipping labels printed right out. And on top of that, you save a lot of money on your shipping costs. Now, ShipStation provides the same discounts that Fortune 500 companies get uh, on their shipments, whether it's UPS, USPS, FedEx. Uh, so you're saving a ton of money on all of those shipments. And we have a special offer for you today. If you go to ShipStation.com and click that little microphone at the top of the page, uh, use promo code YNK to get 60 days for free. So you get no strings attached. That's 60 days of free ShipStation. If you go to ShipStation.com, click the little microphone up top and use promo code YNK. Tell them Steve sent you. We had to pee right when, the, right when I brought up your kid. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Ryman. Yeah, I mean... 10 days, 10 days in, just give us a tiny, like for the regular Joe Schmoes out there, like there's a lot of guys listening who probably are, you know, thinking about having a kid in the next three to five years. Had one. Or had one, yeah. What, or uh, didn't have one. Or didn't have one. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like uh, more so yeah. now than ever, there's like, a, you know, in our culture, it's def the date's being pushed back, the age is being, the norms are being pushed back to like, you know, like, you know, when our parents were kids and growing up, like you had a kid in your early 20s, usually more or less, or in your mid 20s. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like it's it's being pushed back given, you know, where culture has gone. Yeah. Um, give us a, tell the guys what it's like. Dude, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Like I, I think there was a point in my life where it would have freaked me out mm -hmm. the whole concept of having a kid yeah way more than it did when it, it did. is fucking crazy it's crazy came and out of your nutsack and now he's just living and then boom yeah uh i i was joking when she first got pregnant it's like you know sometimes you bust a nut sometimes the nut busts you yeah so yeah that's how the nut busted me yeah. but i'm pumped it did because it's like it's re-geared my whole life as far as like um you know just purpose for doing shit like it's all the cliches you hear like i was saying you can't understand yeah. if you don't have a kid you know him you hear him but like it does it really i just think about him all the time it's like yeah. you know it's it's weird i thought about him all the time before he was here now he's here i get to see him i see myself in him i see her in him mm -hmm. and uh being adopted like i never really got to know anybody of my of my they have my DNA. I never got to see my DNA in anybody else. So I met, you know, a couple of my blood relatives uh, through Ancestry. I'm not even getting into all that, but, like, this, this is different. Yeah. It's like, you know, Delaney and me got to make this kid. Yeah. And he's beautiful and awesome and he's chill and he's healthy and Amazing. she's healthy. It's like, what a blessing. That, that takes the cake for, like, the coolest shit ever top off a shitty year of not touring and like not knowing what everything would look like right. and then having him come from that yeah i mean dude it's uh just given where i've gone mentally and the things i think about like i can't even imagine what it's gonna feel like i, I want that you know oh you're gonna be great yeah i want that for sure how I good just, of an uncle you are yeah. you're gonna be an awesome yeah dad. i mean dude that was that was a big part of it just like not that that's my DNA, but it kind of is. Like it's, it's. I've never had, I've never had anything like that. So just like knowing how much, um, knowing how knowing what that love feels like. It's a different love. 
totally. different. Like it's like like you said, you can't explain it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you know when it's your kid, it's just even that on steroids, you know. Yeah. Even simple shit like from. I hate babies crying. Mm -hmm. like I always have. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is babies that will not stop crying. Yep. Till it's yours. And then you're like, oh. And then patients it, all the videos. It needs me. I'm sitting in there holding him, playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> He's crying. I'm talking to him like an adult. Like, hey, what are you doing? You want the, you want the pacifier? It's a pacifier. Chill out for a minute. Loses the pacifier. Cries again. Yeah. I'm fucking losing my race. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't care. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Clean his diaper, feed him, he chills out. So is it coming fairly naturally to you? Yeah, I think. That's cool. It's going to get harder Yeah. the whole time. It's uh, just going to keep getting it, harder, then I die. But maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, there it is, guys. That's the beautiful thing about life, though, dude. Yeah. It's everything happens, then you die. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, back to, back to the kid. <laughs> I do the kid and I'm gonna instill positivity in him and how there's so much to look forward That's to. That's it, buddy. That's you it. You can Everything be anything happens. you want. Oh, man, I'm dead. Not yeah, yet. <laughs> now I die. <laughs> look at me, honey. Ah, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, man. Idiot. Uh, yeah, no, man. It's, it's uh, just knowing you. I mean, we, we really got to know each other pretty quickly in a quick, in a, I would say the tempo of like just from meeting someone and then, you know, we go on tour. Driving when tour. was that? That was like, I, when I met you. I think you it was then, like five or six months. Yeah. Met you to tour. Yeah, and like we hung out, you know, we'd had that weekend, you know, and then we're on tour. Yeah. And for those who, you know, most people listening have never been on or experienced the tour, you fucking know each other after you tour together. Yes. You know what I mean? Jelly Roll said in the podcast, he was, he was talking about jail and he was like, Man, having a cellmate is like being on tour with somebody. Mm -hmm. like, you know that motherfucker's schedule. And, so, and I'm doing my Jelly Roll impersonation. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I've, just, I've just gotten uh, acquainted with him through you guys. Like just, yeah. I forget. I forget. He's I think, the best dude, man. He's he's such a sweet guy. He's an electric guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to come by here. We're going to chop it up. Maybe do a pod. But yeah, good. He's, so he's like a Nashville legend, kind of, right? Like, legend, that's what I'm saying. What's he been doing it for a long time around here? Just the rap, and now he sings too. Came and... up in Antioch. I mean, he was like, you know, in the streets hustling, mm -hmm. rapping. Then 2000, I think 11 or 12, uh, uh, Project Pat, or one of the, I think Project Pat, put him on on some Memphis shit with, uh, like Lil White, and yeah, dude, he had a, he's had a rap career for the last 10 or 12 years, and then freaking just in the last year, what we were talking about him as well, 2020, it's a great year for him. Like he had that, started doing the singing acoustic thing and more raw song instead of rap rap. Mm -hmm. He's having a great moment. Is he? Yeah, and great. it's great for the city, it's great for him, it's great for the Nashville rap scene. Like he's a, He's a great example of mm. doing it yourself out of Nashville, yeah. which, which has few have done it, right? And especially in the rap scene to do it, and right? He's crushing. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, 
I think I got connected with him through Theo and um, Brendan Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, all buddies. They put us on a song. We're on a song together. I just, yeah, I that's did a right. Verse, I did a verse for... I heard that. The, thing the King and the Sting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Brendan. And then I've I've been connected with Theo just, just through text and stuff. Yeah. But obviously, he seems like an awesome guy. He is awesome. You, uh, So he's fairly new in Nashville, right? Yep. I just think he's been here. just moved here. Probably has been coming for the last six months or so. Yeah, and and you got you guys go do the workouts yeah, together. We've been working out the last couple of days. Love uh, that. Met him for the first time. I forget where I met him for the first time. It might have been the podcast with Hardy and Morgan. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, we had talked some on Instagram, and yeah, dude, he's he's one of the boys for yeah. sure. Have you gone? Uh, have you gone and seen one of his shows yet? There's a comedy club down here, right? Zany's? Yeah, Zany's, legendary. We gotta go see one. He's he's playing tonight at Zany's. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We um, should go at some point. Yeah, we should. Zany's is great. Okay. Monday nights are new material nights. Like, could be any comic, and then some new comics. Right. And they're testing out new shit. Right. It's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Cause I kind of slept on the whole scene in L.A. Um, and then Brendan had a show after we had a podcast, and then he had a show that night, and I went and I had a blast. Laugh Factory. Yeah, I think so. Super the, fun. Yeah, there, there's there's a comedy handful, club is another one. There's a handful of like legendary ones, kind of. Yeah, we were talking about that this morning. Theo was saying that he wishes there was more. Uh, we got another option for a comedy club. Here. More clubs here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be. There's more definitely to, a scene for it. There'll I mean, be more to come. Yeah. Like this place. There is should from, be one on Broadway. You know. There isn't. Not that I know of. Yeah, no. there definitely should be one. I would kill it. I would know about it. I feel like yeah, that would kill it. I would kill yeah. it. Yeah. So you're born and raised in Nashville. Born and raised. And then went to the islands for a year. Yeah. And still, and that, still go back some, you know. So I wanted to get into this a little bit. You're so Delaney. You know, you've known her for so long, right? Was high school? Uh, I met her right about right when I dropped out of college. So okay. a little while before we went okay. to the islands. And then. So your her dad is yeah. like a, is a kind of class like yeah he was kind in, of a legend a country music legend right he has like well he was in the '70s rock band Bread that I will give everything out yeah and yeah. Uh, if a picture song paints, was later covered by NSYNC that's right yeah which is which is what my conversation with him when we first sat down and we're talking about all that shit I was like he was like yeah I was like what songs he was like well everything I everything I own I was like. NSYNC did that song. That was how I connected. He was like, they did. Like, he didn't even know. Like, he's he's 78 now. As he was like 73 or 4 when I met him. No, he was. Wow. I've known them for nine years. Crazy. So we would just sit. sit. I met her brother first, uh, Matt, younger brother. He was like 16 at the time. I was in town for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to go back to college like the next day. Texted one of my buddies that I hadn't seen in a while that I went to middle school with and mm-hmm. was like, hey, you got Bud. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, pull up. I'm at my friend's dad's studio on Music Row. Mm. It worked. So I pull up and there's Matt Royer sitting with his feet up on the desk figuring out Pro Tools and these kids are rapping over YouTube beats, which is what I was doing all day. Drake style instrumental, thank you, write it. Garage band all day, baseball practice. So I get, <laughs> so I get, uh, you know the story. Yeah, <laughs> so, I do. So I get, I go up into the studio, I see this kid Matt, and I was like, yo, let me hop on. 
So I hop on freestyle, and he's like, yo, it's dope. And I picked up a guitar and played it. I was like, we'll record this. I'd never been like in a studio right. really kind of setting other than. And so we were doing that. And uh, he's like, you got to meet my dad. He did not say you got to meet my sister. <laughs> he did not offer that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's like, you got to meet my dad. And me and his dad hit it off and smoked weed. And I started sleeping on their couch. We had a little, we, so we built a little home studio. And I would be driving Matt to high school in the mornings. Like, we'd party all night. I'd drive his ass to, like, junior, high, junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Smoke weed on the way. He'd text me around lunch, like, pick me up. He'd just end up skipping and dropping out. That's what <laughs> happened. But in the meantime, Delaney's coming and going through her senior year of school. Boyfriend's also living at the house upstairs with her. So her dad's just like a G. Like yeah, letting people. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a G, but it was also like Animal House there. Like it was, it was run by the patients for sure. But like, <laughs> um, like we were, it was, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> wow, it was wild. Yeah, there was like a good year where me and Matt would just, uh, you know, use that studio on Music Row. Mm -hmm. It was just the party pad, bro. Whatever, mm -hmm. everything. We had a phase where we did that. Now, yeah, it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. But the whole time I was like, I, I liked Delaney, and she, but she had a boyfriend. Yeah. And I told him I was going to marry her one day. You told the brother? I told the brother. I told the boyfriend. I told the dad. I told the boyfriend. I told her. Yeah, I told him I was going to marry her one day. How did he react to that? He like, I think he was shook. I don't know. How. <laughs> He's like, ha Yeah. Yeah, he, man. He was like, whatever, whatever. But you called your shot. I called the shot, and like a year later, they broke up. We went to the islands for the first time, and that, was that six weeks we were there was like when we became official. And Matt had like two years worth of he was fucked up about it because you know we had tripped mushrooms together and all this stuff. And he, was like, nah. he felt some kind of way about but it. But I was like, I told I told him a week or ten days into knowing them that I, I was like, I really like I'm gonna yeah. be with your sister. And then we had two years of friendship. Then we went to the or a year of friendship went to the islands. Right. He had to readjust. But yeah. now we're, we're still best friends. He's, That's fire. He's my brother-in-law. That's like the best case scenario. And he's, yeah, he's killing it. He's fire producer, great chef. Is he a fire producer? Yeah, he makes dope shit. Oh, fire. Yeah. He's the chef. He's the chef. Gotta have him over here. Yeah. This place is due for a nice chef. Yeah, nice yeah. chef cooked meal. Yeah. Maybe ASAP, honestly. He cooked for Monty and Avery Littman last week. Wow. Yeah. Fire. So is he plugged into the network here? Just, I mean, obviously you're his father and then knowing you so well, uh, I feel like that's like a great market. The cooking has been, has gotten him into a lot of doors. Um, and great. All, all I got to do is make an introduction. And that's and, that. And he's going to, he shows up and exceeds expectations every time. So like word him out, like Seth has him over regularly to cook for him or whatever. Yeah. Little shindigs he has. Mm -hmm. It's just good, man. It's yeah. good food. Yeah. Hell but, yeah. So, yeah, me and Matt are cool and, and Delaney, and now we're having kids. Like, it's nuts. Did you have, <coughs> you touched on it a little bit, you were adopted. Did, were your parents, do you know anything about your birth parents and like their musicality? Like, yeah, so um, I've never talked about this on camera, but. It's bad to talk about? No, nah, it doesn't to matter anymore. at all. Yeah. Um, so I found, I found my half brother on Ancestry.com, on accident. I was I got gifted Ancestry package, yeah. 
by Craig Wiseman for Christmas, mm -hmm. as did everybody in the publishing company. And it just sat in my studio for like a year, and one day I was like, fuck it, and spit in it and sent it off, because I was going to just see like whether I was Viking or Asian or whatever I might be. <laughs> what were you? Asian. Ended up being Viking, but um, uh, but uh, no. Scandinavian or whatever. Okay. But so that was all I was looking for, and, and um, six months go by, and I get this notification. It's like you've connected with this guy, and he's either your half brother or your first cousin. So I sent dude a message. I looked at his little profile picture, and I was like, he does kind of look like me, like right here. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, relative. Like I said, I'd never seen my DNA in something, so I was like, thought I was maybe just pulling thinking I saw more than I did. Say, hey, uh, met, linked with you on Ancestry.com. Uh, I'm adopted. I was just curious, do you have any blanks in your family? Uh, and said my mom's name. And he responded, he was like, yeah, that's my mom. Hold on. And so apparently he calls his mom and was like, hey, Keith just called me, which is what she named me. Right. And... She was like, well, I figured I'd have to tell you sooner or later. So he'd gone 30 years, 31 years. Wow. Never knowing that she had had one before him or af after him mm. while she was, like, in his life. Mm -hmm. And so Shane called me and was like, uh, was like, uh, hey, you also, man, you got a half-brother there in Nashville, too, who's rapping and singing. and No way. All, his name's Kiefer. That's his real name, which is what my adoptive parents always call me, Kiefer. Whoa. And uh, he's tight, man. He's got all the instincts. So I, so I went with what I knew and looked up. He sent me some stuff to see on Facebook, so I kind of just right. go in a rabbit hole. And so my birth mom's dad, uh, he has like an every Friday night bluegrass jam. He's got a Fu Manchu, wow. cowboy hat. I actually have one of the same, the composite guitar, I have the same guitar he's playing in one of the pictures. Totally looks eccentric or all that shit, but uh, apparently him and my mom don't talk. So, mm -hmm. but like, I didn't pull threads any further than I want to. I kind of just, Interesting. I had the affirmation that I didn't know I needed, but I always was in the back of my mind looking for it. And it and was what like- was that affirmation? that God put me in the most perfect place to be doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. and to be an example to other people to just like, if, if, if you feel like it's who you are, it's it who is. you are. Yeah. Don't, don't doubt that because my older half brother builds guns from scratch, like hundreds of guns, like that old Civil War guns, like great, Super genius, built a banjo, figured out how to play it on his own. Wow. Built it, played it. Like, yeah. I don't have that in my head. And mm -hmm. then my younger half-brother, we graduated high school the same year. And he went to high school at a school 20 minutes How's away from saying? here. We have mutual friends on Facebook when I found him. Wow. So, uh, so like... Crazy. Doesn't matter where I've been plopped in the world, music was going to be a part of what I do. Yeah. I didn't... And, and, and so the, the other affirmation 
is how thankful I am for my adoptive parents and, and what, you know, a whole new appreciation for them allowing me to rediscover myself almost like every seven months sometimes, you know? Like, yeah, but dude, that's, that's what the best people alive do, bro. Like, reinventing yourself is so, so important to keeping life curious and fresh and, and you know, when you get in those loops of doing the same things and talking to the same people and yeah. feeling the same way and it just becomes this thing where it's like stagnation and personally like that's where the growth stops like you know what you know you got to repot plants yeah you know what yeah. you know like how you got to get out of that circuit of the things you're doing and and continue to learn and stay curious about life like yeah i think reinventing that's a great trait to have granted it could feel erratic and some people, you know, could be an anxious feeling that accompanies that because you, you know, there's, there's what we crave, what we're craving there is security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an illusion of security though. Like, it's not really security. You know what I mean? Like, right. just knowing what you know and, and staying in that comfort zone, like personally, it will breed discontent. So the fact that you had that in you is, oh, a, bi is a big part of, you know, like it's a big part of personally, I think it's not success, but happiness. Like, right being able to constantly challenge yourself who are you why you know yes. and, and, and adjust yeah it's cool yeah it's been it's the only thing that's gonna keep anybody going mm -hmm. you know i feel like because in this industry and now more than ever maybe maybe even unfortunately things change so fast yeah it is like this industry is changing I fast mean, i mean you know, now you can't go into a label without them asking about your fucking TikTok following. What, how many videos? What, how many streams you got on your TikTok videos? You know, and like two years ago, didn't even exist. Didn't exist. We got to set up your YouTube channel. Now that's dated. You know, now TikTok's gonna be dated by the time you grow your TikTok audience to where it needs to be. Yep. That shit's dated. Guess what? Now we got to be on Triller because they're better for our. Yeah, audience. it's wild. So it's like, it's wild. At the end of the day, there's only so many things you can control. Granted, you can't control the effort you put into TikToks and shit, but what it comes down to is just being dope, you know? Like a lot of the people on TikTok that will have, there's a lot of guy, people that will have amazing TikTok numbers, but they're not actually like Right, there's no real substance. Not long-term dope. Like, yeah, and what are you, know? you doing on a stage? That's what, like, it's another thing. Like, if you're gonna really make money doing this, TikTok streams are not gonna pay you mm -hmm. to, live your life like you can get a bag but not like luggage <laughs> like yeah. you know we want luggage long we term luggage. travel with it yes like and and i there has been some dope i've talked about this too there's been some dope things that have come from TikTok totally. that would have otherwise you'd never hear about or like you know thank god for some people who have caught their break that way yeah being innovative mm -hmm. but then some of the shit that comes to the top is like Hey. Yeah. Why did the people nominate this? Absolutely. But you can't argue. Right. That's 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 maybe a, maybe I'm just old and bitter already. But fucking <laughs> you can't. But you can't argue with those types of numbers because they are legitimate numbers. Yeah. Personally, it feels like when you try to compare the two and and hold them, have them hold the same weight, it's just like slightly apples and oranges. Like when people go stream your music. That's different than like someone being on TikTok scrolling and like you're in the algorithm and 
right. you're good looking and it's eight seconds or, you know, like, yes. there's just a whole other, it, so like, yeah, you know, there is, there's definitely a legitimacy of like, people are drawn to this. Yeah. But, you know. The numbers literally don't correlate from, right. from that. They don't. Spotify. They don't. Now, now, if somebody's got that and that's where they get their audience from and then the shit's fire. There you go. There you go. Then it works. And then your then your act is good. You go play live and it's right. legit. Right. That's best case scenario. And hell yeah to whenever that happens. Speaking of playing live, you're one of the uh, only people on this, maybe ever that I'll be able to have on this podcast. Maybe ever that have toured with the Steves. And oh yeah. And uh, yeah, dude. And and lived that life and really came into it pretty. I mean, I had. <clears throat> I remember when we were. Here in Nashville, and I was told you I wanted to bring you on tour. Like the first day I met, it was like the first or second day I yeah, met yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And gave you a very brief explanation of what it feels like to yeah. our tours. Give us a walkthrough of what it was like. Uh, or not even a walkthrough, just a nutshell of, from your perspective going on the road with us. And and uh, I mean, I, dude, it was when we looking back on it. That that was our last tour, right? It's the last time we've toured. That was so fun. And it was just so. Yeah, I'll give you. A, I'll give you the first metaphor that came to my mind right now. <laughs> Doing the polar bear plunge and then getting held underwater <laughs> until you almost died. Until you almost died. Until you almost died. Then you come out and you feel awesome, though. You pull up and, like, you definitely had to be resuscitated. Hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. Lost a finger along the way. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I would jump back in the water. Lost a lot of good men out there, man. Man. Good one. Came up with a lot of good, good quotes. Good, Stephen Mingle. Stephen Mingle. Man. You kind of um, want to fuck? Kinda, what was the jingle? Uh, 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 kind of want to be single. Uh, what is it? <laughs> if you kind of want to fuck, kind of want to be single, sign up for Stephen, Stephen Mingle. Mingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, and it was a polar vortex the whole tour. Yeah, it was I mean, crazy. it was negative 32 in Minneapolis. Like real shit, was a negative 32. Yeah. Every night. We... It just was faster than us. It'd get there, we'd pull up, park the bus yeah, yeah, 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, and girls were girls were standing outside waiting to get into that show in skirts. Like, like that's dangerous. You saw <laughs> Stevenson Passion out there. I, was, I performed in shorts and an unbuttoned shirt that night because and no shoes because I was like, I hear it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Little man. Bernie told me it was freezing cold outside. <laughs> You're up there singing beach music. Yeah. Then, oh man. Yeah, that funny. was that was the best. I mean, the the cold <laughs> the cold nature of ev like every every intense moment of being too drunk or all that was just intensified. I, I remember hearing about falling asleep on the fucking snow outside of a venue, mm -hmm. and I just texted Versace. Like I dropped a pen and was is like help. Come get me. Come here. Come get me. <laughs> We would, we literally would lose a few good men out there if we didn't have Versace. Like, I would have died. Yeah. I would have died that night. He, he literally, yeah, he like more or less saved your life. What, when, what, where was that? Like St. Louis or something like that? I think it was, it was, it was either St. Louis or Kansas City. I think it might have been. I'm uh, impressed by my memory on that one. Uh, I think it might have been St. Louis. The reason, no, the yeah, it was St. Louis because the night before we were at the, at. Kansas City in that old ass theater building, but it was also ice frozen. I remember busting my ass walking behind that. <laughs> uh, I had diarrhea in the pizza joint next yep. door. Yep. You know, the tour diet. 
Dude, it's ugly out there. Waking up and shitting. I mean, we got food poisoning. Yeah. We literally had every. We all got I sick shit at the my same pants. Time. Steven Mingle. Steven Mingle. <laughs> I shit my pants in um, as far upright as we went. New Haven? New Haven. D Digo shit himself in New Haven. Yeah, he shit his pants out there in the crowd. Yeah, we have it on camera. Oh, there was a night before. It was a night or two before. It was Syracuse. Syracuse. That's where we got sick. Yes. That's where. Remember the it got canceled because of the because of the temperature. Yes. Did we go to Buffalo right after that? Did we go to Buffalo last I don't, time? I don't believe I think, we did. I think Syracuse. Syracuse was our highest. Because I remember it hit me where the bus is parked, and I <laughs> and I go down. I go down the little the stairs. I go. I'm kind of jogging. <laughs> Clinch to go behind the bus. The clinch job. I gotta cross the street to get into the little coffee shop where I'm gonna go take a dump. Poor place. And and I get halfway across the street. And that was that. And just shit my pants. Yeah. And uh talk about humbling. Just immediately immediately called Fader is like, grab me a room. <laughs> grab me a room at the hotel. <laughs> Flag down on Uber and Yeah. <laughs> I had to go had to go get a room at the oh, hotel, man. sat in the bath. Everybody got food poisoning though. Yeah. 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 And it I was from the little I'm, Mexican joint, right? I remember going, we all got it. And I remember going, we going, we went to New Haven the next day. And that's where Dago shit himself out in the crowd. But like <laughs> I put on I put on my game, my game pants for that one because it was Did you think you were gonna shit yourself while you were performing? Kinda, kinda. Did you feel like you could? A little bit. And I like we did, we like I like still drank and like And I had shat the day before. <laughs> I was a, I was the day before y'all. It was shat. Shat is the exact word. Everyone. <laughs> shat the it day. Wasn't shitting. All day the day before you. Yeah, it wasn't shitting. It was, it was shat. shat. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. Shat. So the entire yeah, tour was yeah. more or less summed up by that. It was yeah. a great fight. Honestly, a great run though. We had a uh, had a black. I mean, that's our last time on the road. That's my lasting memory so far. Right now. God, where's was, another good city? It was a good one. Molly of America. Molly of America. Little Emdema. Emdema. Little Emdema. Did the aquarium. Little on, uh, on the off day. The aquarium. Yeah. We had a good day. I remember meeting up with you guys. I would always like kind of Bought a polo your, jacket. I would day. big league your off, your, your off day shenanigans. Yeah. Because you guys you were You can't just, big league the Mall of America, though. Yeah, Not no, all I, day. I couldn't. I was too close. You did, didn't you? You, you slept all day. Um, we ate at Benihana's that night. Yep. In the mall. I kind of, right now, you saying Benihana's makes me want Benihana's. There's a Shogun. There Shogun, might be a Shogun's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... want to set up a Shogun reservation? Fire. I actually want that right now. Um, Shogun's like a little 25-minute oob. I have a, I have a clear memory... 25-minute Uber? Yeah. I have, a, I have a clear memory of Ernest throwing a chicken nugget on the tour bus about 80 miles per hour into, oh, our, yeah, into yeah. our camera guy Travis's neck. Yeah. He's, and he had, like, he had like a welt. He had a welt on it. <laughs> it's a welt. It's amazing what you can do in the front in the front half of a tour bus. It may, it may like the hard, amount yeah. of bodies, just pure like the pure volume of they bodies that come through there, and like what what the space and what you do with it, what you make of the space. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's an ex. You maximize it like you really <laughs> learn how to maximize space on that Dude, on the tour bus. And that that is my least favorite is when like if that gets crowded and hard to walk. I get so. Claustrophobic. We're not great dude. with that either. Uh, no, Plus we got Kilmer at the front doors. Dude, I get so, I get so claustrophobic. Hey, come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot of that. Not as bad as our past tours, but we're not great in that department, you know. Yeah, we're not, we're not super, super firm on the door. 
I can imagine I can imagine past tours being way wilder. Stud Summer Tour 2014. <sighs> wow. It doesn't get any more ratchet than that. Yeah. Yeah, we were just like fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. Anybody piss on you during that tour? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I mean, more or less anything, like anything went the entire time. Anything went. <laughs> yeah. There was there was no rules. Was that the tour a chick drank lotion? Or was that on our tour? That I just was, wasn't there for that. I think it was on our tour. Because when I saw that on like the first episode of your podcast, I was like, "What? I think that was our when tour. was this?" I think that was in North Carolina too. She drank lotion. She didn't drink it. She lubed up her hand. Oh yeah, and stuck stuck her fist down fist, her throat. Put her whole fist in her mouth. Which, for whatever reason, I was slightly turned on watching the game. She play. was she was bragging that she could fist her own mouth. But then she had to lube up. And natu- naturally. I inquired. Here's some lotion. I was like, all right, well, let's see it. Uh, I don't know whose the lotions it was. It wasn't my lotion. It just it was a, it Probably was, a was. It was a loose lotion on the bus. Loose I don't lotion. know. Hey, tough day to be a loose lotion. And she just started fucking fisting and fingering her own throat with the lotion finger. It makes me what was it want to puke her? just thinking about it. I liked it. What was in it for her? Was she just trying to show just, off? Just a little Acceptance? Clout. Oh, God, what a terrible world we live in. <laughs> Eight o'clock? We love it. Acceptance. Yeah, this yeah is just, a- just general <laughs> cultural acceptance. It worked. It worked. I mean, she's, <laughs> she has a spot on my next tour bus whenever she wants. I mean, dude, who doesn't love a girl that can stick a Johnson & Johnson Especially fucking command. doused hand down her throat? Especially on command. Just, you know, room full of people. Finger Totally lungs. fine with it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, we talked about it earlier, but knowing, uh, that's how you really get to know somebody. We feel like that was a, I mean, I've known these guys forever. We had a few, few new guys on the staff that you always get to know, but. Dude, man. from a, from like a. The actual job side of it, like the playing music, um, that was a really fun tour because I was trying. I had total freedom Doing to whatever play wanted. whatever I wanted. I was rapping, and then at the time I had written that uh, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Can't for, drink all day. That Jake Owen hadn't hadn't, hadn't cut didn't it even have on hold yet. I don't think. And I was getting to test out. That was my first time really trying to sing country songs in front of a crowd. Really? Yeah. I was that's that was me testing the waters. Wow. Doing I was like, Dope. oh, they, this if this group of people who is fucking here for a rap show also can sing you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Yeah. Oh, this could work. Yeah. That was that was like I loved getting to that. I mean, part dude, that was it. part of, you know, it was based off our the connection, the vibe and just but also just like that's part of, it was part of, like, from a business standpoint, for me, and, like, an approach standpoint, like, I remember, like, I would go out and watch you, you know, watch some of your set, or, or at least listen, you know, from the side room or whatever, because it was, like, an interesting little bait yeah. floater to, out to the fans, because, like, we knew what I was planning on doing with the music, and right. not that it's country, but, you know, that ambiance. and See that, how far you can push the envelope. Yeah, and just, like, if they're gonna react to you, you know, and you're rapping up there too, so it's not like, and as you said, they're coming, they're coming for, you know, I'll air quote a rap show, right, right, hip hop right. show. Yeah, but you know what I but mean. It, yeah, yeah, but like, they're not there for a country music concert. Right, right. Yeah. And then they get that music and react to it. It says a lot. Yeah. So that says what we're saying about. Says what we're motherfuckers saying. Motherfuckers listen to several types of music, and if they can, like, uh. A, a fucking custom buffet, if you will. Yeah. We can offer. Exactly. Especially for a live show. Like, I understand 
yeah. honing in for a body of work, sticking to a sound. But once you have those body of works scattered out throughout, right. you know, right? a pie chart of genre mm -hmm. and some overlap, once Which you is, get to do them all on a show, it's like, hell yes. Yeah, and to our point, like I think most people, if, if they're sitting down listening to music for a bit, if they're, if they're sitting down for an hour or two hours of music, they're not just listening to one genre. No. You know, so why does it have to be like that in a live show? Right. And if they are, it's probably either Fish or like Grateful Dead. True. And Pink Floyd. Right. Which is its own experience. Right. But like For the sure. modern generation. For sure. Why do we go to Coachella to yeah. see all the these? That's why the festivals are so cool. For yeah, sure. why, why do the same people that go to Coachella also go to Stagecoach? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I, I might have said it on this podcast once before, but I mean, I, I, had, I had one of these aha moments from, from a Stagecoach Coachella back-to-back -back weekend. So uh -huh. I, went to, I went to Coachella, and then seven days later, same region, same year, uh, went to Stagecoach. And I'm at Coachella for the whole weekend or there, you know, the parties are almost arguably a little better than the festival. So I was like yeah, doing yeah, half right. and half, but I was at the festival a bunch. Maybe got stopped like 15, 20 times by fans walking everywhere. Like I wasn't in like a secluded area. I was just all over the yeah, place. Yeah. Stopped like 20 times or so, something like that. Go to Stagecoach, go for one day, get stopped like 50 times. Yeah. Five zero. Yeah, and I had never made a country song. I had done one Sam Hunt like remix on yeah, one of those yeah. remixes I was doing, and that's kind of said a lot to me. Yeah, you know, and that was that was the beginning of people are aware, people pay attention. Yeah, and it's just like these people are here at a country festival, yeah. but we're um, we're noticing me more than you know at Coachella. That's more the genre of music I was making. Yeah, you know? and probably still. Yeah, you know, but it said a lot. That's cool, man. Yeah, it said a lot, and that was where that was kind of where the tables turned and yeah also went out to joshua tree and we had a little psychedelic uh what was that a three-day weekend we did out there fully we out there for what well, it fully looks like it was a three-year weekend it was though there. continuous we just did it wow did some psych some psychedelics out there and, yeah and um listened to rufus the soul for the first yes. time listened to it like all night yes and then all day we listened to fucking casey musgraves her project which i love love that and i was just kind of like that was probably the only other aha moment where i was like this is the kind of music i don't really consider her country really it is a little bit you know she is she just doesn't give a fuck if country radio plays or not she she's her own artist she's fire yeah, yeah. i'm a big fan um but it was like we kind of were like i kind of want to do like a male fly like this is like fly music yeah makes you feel fly i want that and it's it's easy going, easy yeah. listening, and just coming from me, my perspective, my version of this, you know, like my version, you know, obviously has a bit of an urban or a hip hop influence yeah. in the approach versus hers, not so much, you yeah. know, but that same feeling. And, and that was that was another one where I was like, yeah, fresh. Yeah. And I think I think we're doing it now. You know, yeah, I, I agree. I think we're doing it now. We got a. Let's let's finish up with your. I want to talk about your music a little bit and okay. and what's going on. I mean, you obviously had a huge year writing. You probably you've been doing a ton of writing still, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, as as the as your music is, what is there one project out as Ernest? Yeah, one project out, and then I love uh, that we're both one single name guys. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. Yeah, um, one project, locals only, and then 
Cheers is out, and then Diplo put out Bottles About Dead. Yeah, All Fire. Yeah, and then I'm dropping American Rust in the next couple, I think June 4th. American Rust? Yeah, shot a music video a couple weeks ago. Dope. Yeah. And that's the Ernest record. Yep. Great. Yeah. And then an album in the works, or? I got a project I'm doing with this girl, Haley Witters, that's okay. like seven songs, and it's kind of like, we started just by doing... Uh, Islands in the Stream, a cover by Kenny Rogers, mm -hmm. or Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton did the original. Mm -hmm. We did a cover and it's like, you like Casey, it's kind of that vibe of like, mm -hmm. you know, cool, but we, we went all the way down the retro and just wrote songs for this project. The aesthetic is all like 70s vintage, cool. classic musical. Cool. And um, that'll come out sometime later in the summer. Um, as for Ernest alone stuff, solo stuff, like right now just singles mm -hmm. and dropping songs. And mm -hmm. I got like five or six more in the bank doing more collabs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not like in a rush to put out an album. I'm not, I haven't. I think that's, I think that's great. That's smart. I haven't been, uh, I'm inspired to write songs, but I'm not inspired for a body of work right now, yeah. which is a whole different headspace. Which is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Really is, and I also, I mean, I'm a, I'm an advocate of dropping singles. It's, yeah. it's in this day and age, the way the streaming culture, like, there's literally a new batch of, there's, literally for people with a taste, even if you have a narrow taste, you have, in their minds, the general consumer, they're getting like 20, 30 new songs a week on Spotify that they right. care about, they're interested in at least. Right. Like to them, they're getting albums all the time. Right. So like, are you going to be a part of those? Right. Are you going to drop a single to make it into their playlist? Right. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And that's that's my approach to it, and I think it's a new age approach. I'm also, I'm due for an album. I've been making one for a few years. Yeah. So I'm, Yeah, I, I think I'd get discouraged, and I have before by doing this, like, you know, so many fucking songs mm -hmm. sitting in my file app. Yeah. More all the time. Mm -hmm. I looked the other day, I think it's like yeah, and you 1,400 just, and you make fat. You make songs fast. Yeah, and so it's like not. I don't have fourteen hundred complete songs, but I got fourteen hundred yeah. audio clips right. of stuff right. over the course of the last whatever. So, I I've gone through a couple of times and put together a note of here's eight or ten tracks that titles that could go together as a project here. What's the name of this project? You know, mm -hmm. so I could see it all and organize it. See what I got. And at one point, I was like. I got five albums that I, if I had control over every bit of it, I would have, I would drop these. Mm -hmm. The other side of that coin is not only, it doesn't like, I need, there's other people involved that have right. decision making. I think a lot of that is my impulsiveness and ego thinking I have to get this out. I love this song. And then, time passes and I go back and listen like oh I'm glad that's not out right you know yeah it's something the timing different. of it is all right I've kind of just let go of shit that I can't control because mm -hmm. I get really I got really down and low and depressed and pissed and really? bitter yeah yeah because my expectations were wrong mm. not my fault checked myself cause, right because the reality is I'm not gonna be able to put out an album a year right um, I might love a body of work and the other people that have right. a say might not make sense to them or what their plan or what they, what they know best. Yeah. 
It feels like you're right in the little, this proper pocket that you're supposed to be in, though, right now. You know what I mean? Given, yeah, you want to have more music out. Yeah. But it feels like you're right in the upstream, yeah. you know, and, and in a sweet spot. Do you feel that way? Yeah, and playing shows will help, you know, kind of seeing where shit is. Because when you're just going off of numbers streaming, my brand has been built because of the podcast over the last year. Like, definitely, the following has gone up. So now that music will get to be again a staple part of it, mm -hmm. uh, of the look of my. It just even as vain as my Instagram page will have more of me playing music. Right. Um, getting feedback from the audience in a live setting will help direct me towards yeah. what what I need to be writing. Do you like American Rust? Do you like Cheers? Right. Is sugar still more your thing, or right. do you like some of my more songwriter country shit? Right. Then I go back to the drawing board. Right. Yeah, I mean that will help craft that album. For sure. You feel like you have an understanding of that exactly. Yeah. yeah. A year of just writing songs every day. I have songs all across the board. I don't know if it would even be fair to me or listeners to go pick an album out of songs that I wasn't necessarily even writing for myself. For, right. Yeah, that's a valid point. And and um, it's interesting though because a lot of most people listen to my podcast and then probably yours even don't really under like this. There's like a, it's a quiet. There's a very not a ton of light shined on the songwriting aspect of music. Yeah. And I think the la the labels in the industry tries to, not not push it in the back, but like, for lack of a better term, yes, because like. There's a connection from the artist and the people listening, right? And like, yeah. I feel like when they know other people wrote it, and then the artist, like, and country's a little different because it's country more part, is a little it's different. more part of the culture, and like, you actually see country artists acknowledge the songwriters, and you know, like, right. there, there's actually a huge culture of the appreciation of the songwriters here in Nashville. Yeah, which I totally that's see. that's one thing that makes Nashville great. I will. say It is that. though. It really is, and it's yeah. the place to be for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. You know. But it's, it's also interesting that, like, you know, when I'll talk about, I talk about my experiences a lot, or I, I try to, but without being too political or not even political, just, like, telling them about a bunch of business shit that doesn't really matter to them. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people that listen to music don't really give a fuck about any of it. Like, they're not necessarily worried about the ins and outs and the behind the scenes, right. and none of it really makes that much sense or it matters. Right. But, you know, it's... And the ones that are will... Ask your ear off. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And yeah. I think maybe in the country space, it's even more so. But yeah. when I talk to my fans about it, they're like, oh, you know, like you don't really, even the big pop songwriters are not as celebrated, it feels like, at least uh, in my yeah, opinion. Especially, you're right. Pop and, and ghost writers, yeah. rap and shit. Like, because it, they're I, ghost writers. Like you don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting to be in your position and, and it, it really be a, it's part of your rocket ship, you know? Like, around this town, it's like, oh, that's one of the best young fucking writers, you know? Like, yeah, that's, you know, and Hardy... Hardy, for Hardy sure. Hardy, before me, that was that was the model that Seth and Joey and them were telling me. It's like, you know, wait a, just wait a year or so, and once you get some accolades and stuff, yeah. there'll be more heat on your name. Solidifies so it. This, this year will be the first year, I think. Some This is the first time... The last month or two has been the first time I've been recognized at a couple places and goes. It's crazy. I mean, it's also it's a small fucking town. Oh, you're, getting, you're, you're definitely but, getting recognized now a bit. Yeah. But it's cool, yeah. and it'll be cool, like, shows now, because I did a writer's round a few months ago in town. It was, like, the first time anybody had gone to anything, and, like, 
people were singing all the songs. These obviously songs I wrote for right. Homeboy, and then my own shit. That and it's like, dang. Mm-hmm. It's cool to write songs for the people, but it's cool when like it's the shit you're singing. That's what I really want to do too. Anyways, right. like, um, and it, it's the past year I've kind of just set that all the way aside and I've been writer, writer, writer. But right. Now it's time. Excited to get now up, it's get time up. to go ahead and yeah, I do this. Yeah. And before we go, the podcast now that that's just being earnest. Just being earnest. I love it. I love the name. Love you got to come on. Just being earnest. Hundred percent. I'm coming. Yeah. On. And uh, I see it. It feels like it's kind of the new cool. One. I, I know Bustin' with the boys is here in Nashville. Yeah. But it feels like it's the home base. Gonna be very quickly the home base uh, yeah. for for like Nashville artists and young creators to go on there and just fuck off with earnest. Turn out it's pretty cool because it is. There's like there's no rules on the podcast. It's not not an interview so to speak it's not like a radio interview for artists. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like they come by somebody put it like uh i'm the cousin you can get stoned with before thanksgiving <laughs> to like all the artists yeah. in country music so that's the vibe mm-hmm. and and it it's turned into a country music artist podcast when i started it and and i hope it still goes yeah, this way whatever like, people i fucking people who inspire me from guys that start up restaurants to Absolutely. Artists or, you know, I want somebody to talk crypto with because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. Mm. I just see all these people talking about dog coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, uh, it's a, I, don't, I don't really know much about it either. I know people are making fast cash. Yeah. And I want in on it. Yeah. Can't say, can't say I have. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my luck, I put. Fully ass. I would lose all my money that way. Yeah. So, if your gut, if your instinct isn't pulling, your intuition isn't pulling you over there, maybe, maybe not. No, maybe, maybe it's too soon. I don't need to do it yet. Yeah, um, it's a little hard to know what the hell's going on. Honestly, it's pretty confusing. And again, everything changes so fast. That's what I'm saying. It's, That's my biggest drawback. I'm just like, what is the gonna Fed? Be, what's the next coin? Yeah, what is the Fed gonna do to it too? Like, what, you know, what's yeah, what's their involvement? Because if it's really gonna become the currency, like obviously it's gotta become very regulated. Yeah, right. So I just don't know how like it transpires and like it all coexists. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, again, I know nothing. Yeah, I know nothing. We might as well be just talking keep it about, that way. We might as well just be keep talking write, about keep writing hit songs. You'll be just fine in the money department. We'll try to do that. I can hire somebody to invest crypto for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, you know, Nashville, where we're gonna looks like we'll be hunkering. Even if I don't live here. This is going to be a place we frequent. Oh yeah, and uh, I know be. you're you're a big big part of that. Yeah, Propon- Nashville loves you guys. Proponent of that, they do. Uh, the the love is in the air. Yeah, Steve love. It feels good too. Yeah. And, I, and it's nice, bro. I have the same. I have like the same appreciation for the type of people here. Like I I just I, I don't know. Make Steveville shirts. Yeah, Steveville, Steveville USA. But it's just like the type of people we all like when we go on tour. You know, you're on tour with us, like. Love going to these bars and fucking yeah. regular people and just the feeling. Relatable. That's a that's a brand people want to sign up for every time because it doesn't feel like you're signing up for a brand. Yeah. You just hey, I know that guy. He's mm-hmm. one of me. Mm-hmm. And that that's why that's that's why it'll work in country and especially the country community for y'all too because it's like yes, we show up, we have a good time. I'm not too cool for this shit. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why. I mean, dude, j- like, the country guys have reached out to me more than any rapper has. I've been making that kind of music for yeah. the whole time. S- same, same thing, like you are saying, it's like what, what makes me unique in a room. Right. 
they, they, that's that shit's cool and, right because it's different right yeah dude 100 percent. they're they're a fan mm -hmm. like and they get it you know yes. we're like yes so it feels right you know so we're, we're looking this place is awesome we'll be here for oh, six weeks like, uh, you just had your friend you're you're a weekend to being a dad, so we'll, our, our, you'll see me. Our Stephen Mingles will be limited, but we'll make the most of it. Yeah, I'll just bring the kid. Bring him over. Yeah, dude. Over. Daddy daycare over here. That'd be the best fucking thing. Steve's <laughs> daycare. The funniest vibe ever. Just a kid, just a brand new infant. <laughs> it's like the hangover. <laughs> you need one of those. You need what are they I, called? Do you the, have one of those? Baby Bjorn. Yeah, baby, be orange. I do you have, have to walk see, around. With I have Mike, a leopard Mike, why do you have to one? do that? All you have to do is say earmuffs, and you can say whatever you want. Shit, piss, cock, fuck, cock balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited for you, bro. It's, yeah. uh, I'm gonna come on um, JBE for sure. Is it, yeah. is it J? Is, is it, we go by JBE? JBE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, let's try to let's try to write a few. Yeah, more we bangers. got to. Got to. The it, Batman building's right outside the window. I got. Ernest Barson. He's like, dude. I have to write a song in here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. you are Nashville. This yeah. is like the snapshot of Nashville down here. We got a great little, great little view out there. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me on this of podcast. Because you never know until you know, and then as soon as you know, you yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's end on that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>